Assalamu alaikum everyone. So this episode is an episode that doesn't really have much of a direction. We're just chilling. We're just going to unwind and talk about some fun stuff. So I have lots of videos on my page that's just like life lessons, stuff that I learned through high school, stuff like that. But I don't have anything dedicated like this. I saw some other podcasters do this idea. It was adorable. So I was like, I'm doing it too. Basically, this is 18 life lessons I learned by being 18. Just stuff that I've learned over my years. Just, you know... Nothing too much because I'm not no grandma. Don't try to paint me out that way. But I do have some things that I think are worth sharing, inshallah. So for preface, I think that there's lots of life lessons that I could share when I do talk about them. But I wanted this to be something like more deeper than just the basic life lessons that you hear. I want this to be like the life lessons that I genuinely felt like spoke to me first when I was sitting here trying to write them down. Not the basic, okay, live your life. Like, I don't want to tell you that. I want to tell you stuff that I genuinely, like, have deep, deep meanings behind them or stuff that has stories behind them in my life that got me to this point of finding this lesson to be the one important enough to be included. None of these lessons are in order of, like, you know, importance. They're just kind of there. So I spent quite some time just writing them out in my diary. And I was like, what life lessons do I think are the most valuable in my 18 years? And these are not all of them, but these are some of them. So inshallah, I hope that this helps you and grants you whatever you're looking for in this episode. Number one, worship, even if the whole world says you're wrong. So this is the first one that came to my mind. It was the easiest one for me to think about. I was like, duh, easy, worship. And then the rest of them took a minute. But I think the reason why I wrote this one, I think starts off with a lot of your life. I think it starts off a lot with how you lived your life and what you're surrounded around. I think the unfortunate, honest reality is that some people in this world will genuinely make fun of you for worshiping Allah. Good thing you don't do it for them. I spent lots of years of my life being very, very nervous to be open and honest about the fact that I was Muslim because it just felt like this amount of hatred that I would receive from people and I never felt like I was brave enough to fight back on hate or just like to say anything because I felt I felt like fighting hate with hate is obviously wrong it's obviously not the best thing to do and so you have to talk with intellect that's my opinion I think that fighting with fights just words 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 hateful words I just don't feel like we're getting anywhere so I think that sometimes silence is the best dance I think that people who raise their words without raising their voice are such powerful people and being and dealing with so much insults and so much just pushing around just because of you know being where I'm at and feeling scared of being like you know being honest about the fact that I'm Muslim I think it taught me how to use my intellect and learning how to come back at those people in a better way in a form of giving them dawah and showing them that okay well you can hate on me and you can laugh at me all you want but let's talk about who's gonna have the last laugh right so it's one of those things that i think that i got better with over time and remembering that is the key to my life honestly now in some of the biggest decisions in your life you might not have support you might not have support on wearing the hijab you might not have support on dressing more modestly maybe you know your family or someone else wants you to dress more western modest and you know that's not necessarily islamic modest and like you know there's like these all these little little standards that some people have of you and whatnot and so breaking free from those things and doing what Allah says. It's not easy. We all have our own struggle and we're all standing at a place where it's difficult. But I think that just, it, it's something that it just alleviates your burdens because at the end of the night, you know, you know where you're going. I feel like if you hold on to that, you know you end up in the right place. 
people will tell you that you won't get a job if you're hijabi you won't get a job if you're dressing like this you won't get a job if you're overly modest you won't get a job if you're not networking with men you won't get a job if you're like this you won't be successful in college if you're like this your professors won't remember you i i've heard it all i don't care because at the end of the day i'm so convinced that no one can take anything allah has written for me i can sit on the highest seat and get the best job whether I am a hijabi or I'm not. And I understand that some people want to say, well, here, that's optimistic thinking, but let's talk about this life. Is it true that people probably discriminate? A hundred percent. But does that mean I need people like that in my life? Does that mean I need to work for a firm like that in my life? No, no. And I feel like I've gotten so okay with realizing that this dunya, whether it accepts me or doesn't, I don't care. So worship, even if the whole world says you're wrong. Number two. Sometimes holding on does more damage than letting go. Let it go. There's always a fresh breath of air that comes. So this is long-winded. I have so many stories just on my page and just in general in my life where I feel like I held on to things for so much longer than I needed to. I feel like going through letting go of so many things or people and getting into that season where no one supports you really changes you. Having no support from people can literally turn you into a beast or it can turn you into a person who constantly seeks out validation on their decisions. There were lots of seasons where, you know, I felt like I didn't get the support I needed or the amount of, you know, respect that I put out and the amount of love that I give out, I didn't receive myself. So I have held the short end of the stick for a lot of situations when it came with dealing with people. But alhamdulillah, I'm not complaining because life has, Allah has always granted me goodness. But, you know, you're bleeding, your hands, your just your arms, like every single part of you is tired. You know, your hands are sweating, they're bleeding, they have bruises on them, scars on them. And you just want to let go. But you think that holding on is what's going to make it get better. You think that holding on is what's going to, you know, one day just set it free and then just this tight grip that you have will one day just eventually heal. No, like you just hold on so tightly because you're scared of a loss. Your hands will bleed, your heart will hurt and shatter, but you remain persistent because you're scared of what will happen when you do let go. But sometimes holding on just does more damage than letting go. And if you're afraid of hearing no, these two letters, I know that for lots of people just hearing no on big decisions on their lives is terrifying. But these are two letters that you just, you take them, you take your closure and you out, you move on. So as you continue to grow through your life, you will learn that it's not about your place in the world. It's more about your place within yourself. So don't be afraid to start over again. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience and those who truly value you will never make you prove your value. So when you're holding on for dear life, trying to get someone to see that you're holding on for dear life for them, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because the one who sees your value will never put you in a position to make you prove your value. I know that in life, lots of times starting over is not easy. Going back to where you came from is not easy, but you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. You're starting from what you know, what you learned, what hurt, what made you happy. You know, you know what you're starting with. So stop thinking that you're starting over every single time. You, you're not. You're fine. I promise. And sometimes you have to let go of things to see how it's going to work out on its own. You can hold on to something for the rest of your life and it still won't be yours. So sometimes it's better to just let go. Realize that you're not starting from scratch. You don't have to prove your value to those who already see your value. And recognize that it'll always make its way back if it's meant for you. Number three, you make yourself not find yourself. 
If you keep up with my work, I think you know that that was going to be there because I feel like people have this misconception that you are something that's hitting and, you know, you're hiding under the table, hiding under some mountain, hiding under some, you know, beautiful honeymoon in Turkey. You're hiding somewhere. You're not hiding anywhere. You have to find yourself. And I always give this example that if you said you wanted to make, you wanted to find a color that doesn't exist, you would obviously say, well, I have to make it because it doesn't exist. Whatever you have in your mind of who you're trying to find is who you have to become. So if you have in mind that I'm going to find this version of me that is hardworking, motivated, disciplined, you know, doesn't procrastinate, just has better habits and this and that, then this is what you want for yourself. Become that person. You as an individual in your body is an empty template. You have the deen and that surrounds lots of characteristics already. Now, when we're talking about the dunya, you know, you're an empty template and you are sitting here looking in the corners of Turkey saying, I'm trying to find myself. No, you're trying to find an empty template. You're trying to find this sense of feeling of I didn't have a past and I didn't mess up. People who struggle to find themselves are actually just looking for an empty template. They want to let go of their past. They want to let go of whatever happened. And so they go on these big extravagant situations of I'm finding myself and I'm traveling to find myself and I'm doing this to find myself. I mean, that's amazing, but you better have your heart listening to what you want. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you sleep, no matter where you're traveling, no matter where you are, your heart is still in you. Your heart is still with you. And your mind is still giving you those same thoughts. So running away from your issues never helps. People think that healing comes from getting away. All healing comes from confrontation. It comes from going head on, having to hear things that you don't want to hear, but getting through it. So yes, you may be thinking that, oh, I'm trying to find myself. Why can't I find anything? What are you trying to find? That's the first question. You're trying to say, I'm trying to find the best version of me. What does the best version of you look like? Does it look like someone who prays five times a day, who's reading Quran, who's doing this, who's doing that? Write these things down. These are goals in your life that you actively have to be going towards. If you're not going towards these goals, you're going to fall into this delusion of I'm finding myself and I'm going to find myself when I turn 25. And maybe if I go do the crazy things other people are doing, I'm going to find myself. Finding yourself is never a one set linear path because not every single person is the same. You want to become this better, amazing person, then you have to figure out what is the definition of a better, amazing person in your eyes. I remember when I was 14 and 15 and I was just, you know, I was a preteen. I was just kind of going with whatever I see, whatever I know. And one of the big things, the big advice that I always heard everywhere was find yourself, find yourself. And the amount of nights I spent frustrated, mad, crying because I couldn't find myself are uncountable. I wish that someone came and told me that that's the stupidest piece of advice anyone can ever give you. I genuinely wish someone came and told me, 15, 14 year old me who sat there crying, ballistically bawling her eyes out. I wish someone came and told me, please don't listen to the people that say you have to find yourself because there's nothing to find. I started to grow so irritated with not being able to find myself that I was questioning how other people did it. I thought everyone else was better than me because they found themselves. I thought everyone else had an upper hand than me because they found themselves. That's the thing. People are telling you this delusional, simple, basic phrase, find yourself, find yourself, two letters, don't these two words don't mean anything they don't mean anything you have to make yourself you can make yourself and recognize that i'm someone that i wanted to be but you're not gonna just find yourself in the corner of you know some traveling destination or in a man's heart you're not that's not how that works and so i wish someone told me that you don't find yourself you make yourself and if you disagree with me that's fine but even if people who went on that journey of quote quote finding themselves they found out what they liked and wanted about themselves and made those things happen which is the exact same thing that I'm saying, that you make yourself, you make yourself come to that point. 
so whatever number four the nights of sadness swollen eyes and heartache makes you rounding back to what i said on number three like just those nights where you're crying and you feel like you have no support from anyone your family is literally not there with you your friends are literally not there with you no one gives a crap you know and that's hard harsh i know but that's the reality no one gives a crap you know i don't want to sound like those you know those alpha male podcasters because we don't like that like no one no one gives a crap that's just the truth like no one gives a crap like you know people can care about you and then when you're six feet in the grave like how many days are they gonna be sad about you dying two if generous maybe two days like i sometimes think about that too i have so many sweet people that listen to me but how many people would care for me after i die you know it's unfortunate but inshallah that's why i do what i do so my work can live on and help people it's not about me it's about what i it's about my work and what i say so you know, those nights where you just sit there brokenhearted, it feels like you just can't go on and you feel like the worst human being in the world and you may feel insecure or sad. And these are the things that make you because every single time you survive a night like that, I promise you that it gives you this sense of endurance that you could never find anywhere else. Pain teaches you things happiness never can. Number five, this moment and on is you let go of the past. If you genuinely sit here and close your eyes and like for 10 seconds just think that you right now working or wherever you are doing whatever you are is you and that's it, it's so freeing. Because at the end of the day, yes, we do have a past, but your past is gone. Your past is done. It's not here anymore. And you can sit here and decide you want to be paralyzed about your past. Or you can sit here and decide that my past is my past cool from this fourth and on this is me and i'm working to become the best me whatever happened to you before whatever trauma whatever traumatizing experiences from this moment and on pretend that they don't exist this is not saying that you know you ignore what has happened what has happened has happened and if you are you know someone who has spent years and years thinking about it i promise you you don't need to think about it anymore some people feel like they have to dedicate their entire life to their past. And when people tell them, forget your past, they say, well, that's horrible advice because I should remember those things and I should reflect upon those things. I can assure you that for the past six years, when you've been sitting here reflecting on that, that was more than enough time, probably a little too much time to reflect on your past. You don't need that much time. You learn what you learn. You lost what you lost. You won what you won. That's it. Take those lessons, repent for your sins, become a better person and let it go. That was a part of your book that you don't want to go back to and you don't have to reread it. You don't have to reread the same pages every day in order to understand that you're out of it. That's that. Number six, your culture and beliefs are nothing to be ashamed of, nor do they define you. This is quite important because with everything that goes on, your culture and your beliefs are not, not just nothing to be ashamed of, but they also don't define you. The unfortunate reality is lots of people that do come from cultural backgrounds or beliefs tend to feel ashamed of it because they're not like everyone else or because of the very, very poor job that the media does in representing people of color or people that may be from a different culture, just anyone, period, that ain't white, I hate to say it. The job and the way that they do it, you know, at some degree, it's it's unfortunate. Whether it's even a religious group, the way that they portray Muslims as terrorists and that and that, like, it's unfortunately true that they, that, you know, it, some people that are ignorant enough get brainwashed by that stuff. And so their decision making and their ability to treat you is, is skewed. 
you know? But one of the big things that I love to live by is treat people with the manners that you have been given, not with the manners that they have shown you. So even if someone's coming at me ugly, disgusting, disrespectful, I'm still going to treat them with kindness and be loving and respectful and good to them because those are the manners that I have been given. I'm not going to treat you with the manners that you have been given because clearly I dislike those manners. So why should I start to put those mannerisms in me and treat you that way? And more importantly, yes, your culture is nothing to be ashamed of. It's beautiful. You're from a diverse place. Accept it. Don't let these people tell you that it's weird. But they also don't define you to the degree that you decide that you're not worthy of living because of what your culture says. Because you got divorced and now the entire culture is telling you that you should just bury yourself. Because you went through abuse and the entire world is telling you that you should live in it. There are certain things from every culture that no matter where we go, no matter how different we think we are, there are some same prevailing problems that everyone is going through yet no one changes those negatives those things that you think make you worthless they don't define you because you're a human being before you are you know this or that whatever culture or whatever place whatever religion you're from you are a human being and you need to acknowledge that now religion plays a very very big role because being a muslim defines so many of the characteristics and so much of you in how you're supposed to you know act and regard in so many of these situations in regards to culture and you know society and whatnot but remember that these limiting beliefs that culture has doesn't mean you have to limit yourself you can't be everyone's cup of tea and that's fine you win some you lose some Number seven, loneliness can make you or break you. You decide. I think this comes back to what I said earlier about being lonely. Like you can be lonely and not receive any support from someone, be isolated and decide that you want to sit here and just let it eat you out. Or you can decide that, okay, I got no one but besides me, but I have myself and that's plenty to charge myself to becoming the best person that I can be to reaching your goals regardless of how crazy people might think they are to get to a point where you want to be your dream person regardless of who supports you lots of people won't support your journey but they will support your destination because they like the destination but they don't like the journey which is why lots of people are not meant to even be at the destination so you leave them at the journey you leave them at that season where they decide to leave don't ever beg anyone to stay for real like do you hear me right now don't ever beg anyone to stay Someone has to tell you once that they don't want you and that's it. Zip up your mouth, throw the key far away and don't ever, that's it. No contact, no talking, nothing. Done. Done. You need to have more self worth and more self-respect than going back to someone who said that they don't want you no we can figure it out and it's a situation shape and it's complicated right stop no it's either yes or it's either no so you either come right or you don't come at all and i get better and that's the mindset you need to have you either come right or i get better because i'm not gonna sit here and bargain my value and bargain me for you i'm not gonna sit here and wait for you to see value in me when i know someone else out there will already see it in me and this is just that mindset that you need to develop so when you get something good, you know how to appreciate that. You're not sitting there fumbling the bag, bargaining someone to be with you or bargaining someone to support your dreams. You They don't support your dreams. Okay, well, that doesn't stop you from doing you, right? So stop bargaining yourself. You're not an item at a, sh at a shop waiting to be sold. You're not someone's, you know, little car that depreciates in value when they decide that you're just not good enough. Just stop. Stop. Someone has one time to say that they don't want you. And after that, shut up. Don't even talk to them. And if I see you do that, don't. Don't. 
I always tell my friends that too. Like someone has one time to say that they don't want you. They don't want anything to do with you. That's it. You get up and you go. Like I always tell my friends, I'm like, I don't care how emotional you get, how, oh, I'm in my feelings and, you know, I miss this person. It don't matter because they know exactly what they said when they said that they want nothing to do with you anymore. So you need to grow that self-respect, even if you don't see it in you right now, to get up and go away from that situation because you can never make someone appreciate what they never asked for and you can never make someone appreciate by giving them more of something they never understood the value of in the first place. Number eight, what's meant for you will never miss you. Simple. I feel like everyone mentions this in their lessons because at one point or another, this is the hardest thing to swallow and no matter how old you are, whether you're 35, 45, 55, 25, 15, wherever you stand, this lesson is going to come up over and over and over again. And every single time you'll be like, man, I know. But like, again, until you really learn to internalize this, you're going to want some things in life die hard to the point that you're going to be willing to give up each and every bit of you. But Allah does not want you to throw yourself into a you know, really bad situation with someone or something. So sometimes Allah will take that thing away from you. What's meant for you will always come for you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Needless to say, does that mean you don't do your end? No, I feel like people have this common misconception that you don't have to do anything when something's written for you. I posted a TikTok and everyone in the comments were going off saying, oh, well, you still have to do your end. And I was like, yeah, that's what I said in the caption. And if you listen to the episode, that's the exact same thing I was talking about in that episode. You have a part to do when you want something. But after you do your part, that's it. You don't have to sit here and, you know, go crazy for nine hours straight banging your head against a wall wondering when what will come for you is written for you and just whatever you don't got to do all that you do your part you do your end you want something okay i better see you fighting for it i better see you out there getting and doing what you need to do for it but you're not going to sit here and sacrifice your deen and your iman and your emotional physical mental well-being for it like there's certain situations where i have people in my dm saying well you know i really want to marry this girl but her parents are saying no or i really want to get into a situation but it's not working. I really want to get into the school, but I don't want to study. You don't want it bad enough. You're going to have to work for what you want. You want someone, you want something, speak up and say you want it. Do the actions according to get it. Praise Tahara, ask Allah to make your journey easy. Go out and get it. Because if you don't get it, someone else will. Now, if you see that no matter what happens, the doors are shut in your face and it's not working, then, you know, at the end of the day, remember that whatever is written for you will find its way for you. Let it go after you've done your end. Same thing for education. You've studied your butt off and no matter what you do, you're not getting into where you want to go or what you want to do. Leave it up to Allah. Maybe this is not the path that's best for you. But I can guarantee you, you will get an entrance to the school you want to go to or wherever you want to go if it's written for you. So stop tripping up. But that doesn't mean you get to be lazy. That doesn't mean you get to say, well, you know, I don't got to do anything. No, that's foolish. You get up and you do your part. Be a man, do your part, be a woman, whatever, do your part, and then leave it up to Allah. Some people do the whole part, and then they don't leave it up to Allah. They sit there and they go crazy thinking about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Leave it up to Allah. Leave it up to Allah. He doesn't disappoint. Number nine, there's only so much you can do and say, please forgive yourself. This is important. I feel like in some situations we feel like, well, I could have done something to make it different and I could have did this and I did that, but only if this happened and I wish I had this and if, 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 and but, and I wish and no, no, there's only so much you can do in some things. You do what you do, you say what you say, and then that's it. And if situations, again, don't go your way. Remember what we said in the previous lesson, 
what's meant for you will come for you. What's not, is not. So you don't get the right to drive yourself crazy saying, if only I just said this one thing and then, you know, this person would have been more invested. If only I said this one thing and maybe I would have had this today. If only, if stop, stop with these if onlys and but and I wish and stop. We're even told that this just opens up the door of shaitan. It opens up endless waswasa. It opens up an endless route of, oh, I wish and I wish and I wish and I wish. You're not happy with what you have because you're so busy thinking, how would the situation be different if I did something different? You only have so much in your capacity. Forgive yourself for not knowing better until you knew better. The capacity that I had when I was 13 was little. I look back at the decisions that I made when I was 13, now that I'm 18, I don't have any right to sit here and hate myself and say, Hera, you were so stupid in your past, why'd you do that? I was 13, I was 14, I was 15. I only had that capacity. Now I'm 18 with a bigger capacity. I know more knowledge. I know more things I can do. I have more wisdom. I have more resources. I have a bigger capacity on how I choose to handle things in my life. But little 13-year-old me didn't have that. So why should I hate little 13-year-old me for the way that I decided to do the things that I did? I can regret those things. I can decide I don't want to go back to them. But I don't deserve to hate myself for things that I did when I didn't know any better. Now that you know better, you act right and you do better. But if you know better and you're still making foolish decisions, that's your choice. But don't kill yourself over the things that you didn't know. Forgiving yourself is one of the best things that you can do. Acknowledging and understanding that I was only in control of so much. I only had so much of a capacity. I don't deserve to live my entire life in regret and in sorrow because I didn't do what I should have done then. You knew what you should have done then, now. Which means when you were doing it then, you didn't do it. No one lets go of something they love, something they want blindly. No one does that. No one. You love something, you never want to let it go. But if it was still let go, it's clearly not in your hands. Because you obviously did everything you could have and you should have to keep it. But if it's still let go, Allah knows best. So stop hating on yourself, for real. The next one. Number 10. The day you decide to move on is the day you move on. This is easy, as the words say. So many people say, well, I'm moving on from my past. I'm moving on from this person. I'm moving on from this. I'm moving on from my trauma. But when are you actually going to move on? Because sitting here, revisiting it, talking about it, constantly going through it, and just indulging and staying up all night over it is not helping you. Yes, you can talk about it now and then in a light of positivity and how you got out of it. But if you sit there and you cry over what has happened to you, or you sit there and you spend your entire life looking at old messages, old pictures, old memories, old this and oh, I wish I had this and whatnot and you know, I'm not able to move on. First step of not of moving on is acknowledging that you can't do anything to make it different. It has happened the way that it has happened, unfortunately. You probably don't like it. That's fine. But that's you need to come to terms with it's fine because I'm still a whole human being with or without this thing. You are a whole human being before this person came to your life. Now, people always say, no, I wasn't. I was broken. I was sad. I was hurt. And this person grant granted me like a sense of happiness. Whoever is written in your future, inshallah, will also grant you that. But Allah has to make you go through certain people and certain things to acknowledge what's good and what's bad. Because so many people are so beautiful under their deceptive lies, under the way that they want to play people. So many people are so beautiful until they decide that they want to literally ruin your life and run you over. You have to go through bad people to learn more about good people. So forget whatever you thought it would be. Forget whatever your expectations were. Forget whatever they said. Forget whatever you said. Let it go. Let today be the last day that you sit here not moving on and the first day that you decide that it's actually time to move on and put the actions forth. Number 11. Appreciate family and friends. Very basic. I kind of sound like 
a mom saying that, but listen. I feel like, yes, to a degree, we all do have issues maybe among our friends and our family and stuff where you contrast and you go against or you might feel like, you know, type away with. And again, this is conditional because, you know, like there's some families that they're just not even accepting of you being Muslim. And then, you know, there's problems. But I feel like if you do have that bounding relationship where you could fix it with them, I'd highly encourage to because I feel like we don't appreciate, you know, having a mom or having a dad enough. I understand that lots of people have very very vigorous relationships you know with their dads or their moms they haven't seen them they don't even want to live in the same state as them i know but the thing is whatever you have appreciate while you have it because in reality it's really easy for me and you to sit here and say well i don't care i don't care they did this they did that but when they're like actually six feet in the grave there's so many things that you wish you said that went unsaid so whatever you want to say just say it so it doesn't go unsaid make and mend those relationships now unfortunately some people i know really do have bad relationships with their family and it's not their fault it's genuinely their family their parents who are very you know unaccepting of islam or they are accepting of islam but they bring up so much culture like they're literally ruining your own kids and they feel an immense amount of guilt because they're like well i can't reconcile my relationship with my mom and my dad because they don't actually ever realize that they're wrong. That's the thing. Lots of teens sometimes feel guilt that, oh, I should reconcile my relationship with my mom and my dad. You have to reconcile the relationship where it broke off and both parties realized what went wrong. Unfortunately, some parents don't ever actually realize what went wrong. They don't actually ever realize the shortcoming. So their child might feel the need to reconcile the relationship with them. But your parent in the first place never saw any damage or strain coming to the relationship because they don't see what they did wrong. So it's definitely not easy. No one said it would be easy. But the one who surrounds themselves with people is obviously, you know, going to become out a lot more strong and a lot more better and a lot more patient than the one who's just alone. It's very easy to sit in the four, you know, walls of your room and isolate yourself and never deal with anyone ever again. It's easy to just, you know, not want to deal with people anymore. But it's not so easy to go out there and deal with people. So appreciate them while you have them because there will come a time, you know, where we all return to Allah. 12. There's a big difference between happiness and instant gratitude. So I feel like so much in life is once I get this, I'll be happy. Once I get here, I'll be happy. Once I'm in this phase of my life, I'll be happy. And it's not necessarily happiness. It's just this concept of instant gratitude that once I get this thing, I will be like, okay, I reached it. And so, so many people don't actually know the difference between happiness and instant gratitude. They set goals in their life that tells them that once you get to this point, then you deserve to be happy. And when they do get to that point, they're just showing a whole lot of instant gratitude and a whole lot of, I made it, I made it, I made it. You're not actually happy. Happiness, first of all, is a gift. Second of all, it's not about when you get to the destination. It's about learning how to be happy throughout that journey, whether you have what you want or you don't. Happiness is not about, okay, I got this today, so I'm happy. Happiness is learning to be happy even when you don't have what you want. So people who make instant gratitude the measure of happiness don't actually know happiness because happiness is something that you learn to prevail regardless. Now, are you always going to ha be happy? No, you're going to have sadness and you have bad days. But some people live their entire life thinking that once I get this car, I'm going to be happy. No, you're just going to have instant gratitude, this little burst of, oh my God, I'm amazing, I'm happy. But since you never actually taught yourself how to be happy... 
once the phase of, oh my God, I got a brand new car dies out on you, you're going to be sad again. So you want to go to your dream school. You're so happy. You think the second I get in, I'm going to be the happiest person alive. You're going to get in. And then maybe even three months from now, or even three days, you're going to be like, okay, cool. And like, you're never going to be fulfilled because you're constantly looking for bursts of little gratitude, of little, you know, joy, when you can learn to be grateful for everything in your life, regardless. Number 13. So this is something that always gives me comfort. The earth is big. You are small. Your problems are small. Don't fight to change it for being accepted for you. So what this means is I remember there used to be days in my life where I used to just be sitting in the bathroom just crying and crying and crying and you know like sometimes you go through like a problem and it's just it's just your entire world. And so one of the things that I always gave me comfort was like me sitting here, you know, in the bathroom or me sitting here, you know, in my bed, just crying, 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 crying. Like there's a whole world outside of that. There's a whole galaxy outside of that. What I am taking as, you know, the biggest deal in the world and this one problem is my everything. Like there's a whole life outside of that. I'm a small human being in a very, very big earth. And at the end of the day, I can only do so much. And if I decide that I want to fight with the entire world for them to like me, I will lose every time that's a fight you will lose every time you can't make the dunya like you you can't make every single inch of the dunya love you you can't you know and so it's like when you sit here to fight to change the entire world for them to accept you for you you're going in a bigger war that could have been avoided if you just went with the war against yourself on accepting who you are so many people fight the war against the world so the world will accept them you don't need to fight with the world for acceptance you need to fight with yourself for acceptance and if you fight with yourself for acceptance whether the world likes you or doesn't it doesn't matter because you are you and you don't need a thousand billion peoples to like you it's about your place within you not about your place in the world so if you continue to fight a war with the world for the world to start liking you and accepting you you're just throwing yourself into something big which will always end up as a loss as compared to you just fighting with yourself going to war with yourself and getting out and becoming the person you want to be because it's about your place in you not about your place in the world that is that 14. Your intention will be everything. Easy. I think that this is very common. I think that this has a very big play in Islam as well. I feel like lots of times in my life I doubted and stopped doing certain things because I was scared of my intention. I was scared that I wouldn't be able to produce the action that I wanted to and just learning that intentions everything so even if i fall short i know that god will still reward me for what i was trying to do it's just so relaxing because i know that at the end of the day in a world where all people just want to see is the best outcome my god will accept the fact that even if i don't get there and i tried i will still be rewarded when i started making stuff on social media the biggest things that came to my mind was basically like i shouldn't be doing it because i'm not perfect myself and that's the thing like you're never going to be perfect so if you decide that i'm not going to do dawah because i'm not perfect that's that's you know like you're never going to be perfect so why should you delay good just because you're not perfect try to put your best intention forth and then you know let it all work out in the way that it needs to Number 15, suicide is temporary, hereafter is forever. So this is self-explanatory. I think that there's moments in your life where you're just like, okay, like I can't go on. I'm not going to live. It's not going to work out. But quite frankly, the same thing that you thought you wouldn't be able to get out of three years ago, you did. So this is also something that you will be able to get out of. You can't go down a deep end mentally, whether it's even just by committing suicide or if it's, you know, getting involved in things that will numb out that pain because you're not facing it all healing comes from confrontation you're gonna have to step forth face it fight it it will go 
putting yourself in a place where you're doomed forever just because of something that was temporary, it doesn't make sense and it's not logically fair either. Obviously. So, number 16. Turn in every fear for faith. You will never depreciate value in this trade. I think that I like this one a lot because there are so many fears in life about how you're going to end up and where you're going to go. But if you turn in every fear for faith and you start making dua about it and you ask Allah to just help it work out in the best way, you take those things that can literally eat you out and keep you up at night, turn them into faith and helps you build more reliance on your God because you know that God will not disappoint you. It helps you focus more in your prayer, gives you more concentration and just everything that you have going on for you spiritually because your fears have now transformed to faith. So the same thing that could eat you and weigh you down is now lifting you and rising you up because you know that if i keep firm faith in god inshallah it will work out the nice way in life you're going to make lots of trades where you know your value will be depreciated or people will try to depreciate your value and in the trade with god you never lose because when you trade in every single fear for faith you will always always increase and become a better person number 17 sadness and sin that brings you back to Allah is better than happiness that ever took you away from Him. I understand that you probably lived a life where you did haram and then you felt happy. Now you're sad that, you know, I committed those sins and you let go of those things. And now maybe you feel just sad. You feel sad as a whole of letting go of what you knew before. But a part of you just feels disappointed because you're like, I'm back on the path of Allah, but I'm not happy. What you're forgetting is that this sadness that brings you back to Allah is way better than happiness that ever took you away from Him. Way better. Just because you're happy in life, doing haram stuff, that doesn't actually mean you're close to God. So many people are happy. So many disbelievers are happy, right? So if you are sad, but you're close to Allah, take it as an advantage. The Prophet, peace be upon all of them, had lots of times where they were sad. They were close to Allah. And that is what helps you. That's what builds your relationship. Sadness teaches you stuff. Happiness never can. Number 18. This is the last one. You are never far. You are never far from God. You're never far from your ahira. You're never far from success. You're never far from happiness, from sadness, from repentance, from trying again, from changing your mind. You are just never far. Listen, you really aren't. You know, you never know if it's this one time where you decide to go pray and make dua that your entire life changes. Just this one more time that you come and you put forth your energy. You're never far from God. God is closer to us in our own vein. If there's a veil between you and God, ask yourself who put that there. It's you. You committed sin. You did something wrong. So work on asking repentance for your sins and breaking that barrier and getting close to Allah. You're never far from your ahira. Don't get so comfortable in this world because you never know when you're going to die. You're never far from success. This one time where you're just forcing yourself to be more disciplined and do what you got to do could be the reason you end up successful. You're never far from happiness. I know that maybe you feel like, you know, this world is ending and everything's falling on you, but you don't know if tomorrow when you wake up is the day that everything's going to change, that you're just going to be granted happiness. Likewise, like maybe tomorrow's the day where some sadness will come in your life, but just like sadness goes, so does happiness. And just like sadness comes, so does happiness. So nothing's 100%, but you know that at least the concept and the promise of your Lord is. You're never far from being able to repent. People try to make repentance a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. I get DMs of people telling me, oh, well, I feel guilty and you know, I need to repent for my sins, but I don't think I'm good enough. Like, yeah, I make istighfar. Yeah, I do dhikr. Yeah, I pray. I ask Allah to forgive my sins. But can you like tell me the real way? Can you tell me like something really big that I can do to, to get forgiven? And I'm like, what do you want me to tell you? I feel like the thing is sometimes people don't want to hear basic advice or stuff that is 
maybe something you've heard before because they want you to give them a brand new grand answer and that I'm not going to give you that because the basic stuff when you increase in it is what's going to help you. If you are doing the you making repentance for your sins, inshallah, Allah will forgive you. What you need right now is to keep a good concept of your Lord, to keep a good idea of your Lord, to realize that Allah is how you see Him. So inshallah, if you are praying and you are, you know, thinking Allah is so just and Allah is so merciful and Allah will forgive me, inshallah, He will. But when you're sitting here having these mindsets that, you know, I'm hellbound and I'm this and I'm that, you're not helping yourself either. People don't want to hear that, but th that's one of the most beautiful things about Islam, if anything. We don't need to go to someone in between. We don't need to pay for our sins to be forgiven. We talk to God directly five times a day, and some people even more. You can easily repent for your sins whenever, however. All you have to have is sincerity. So grow that in you. You're never too far from changing your life and changing your mind. When something's not serving you, or you decide that you're not who you like, you can get up right now and decide to change. You don't need a new year to do that. But that was just a little compilation of 18 lessons from the top of my head. It's actually Juma when I'm filming this, and it's 12.38. You know, people always talk about how much that Eid nap hits. Y'all ever hit that Juma nap, bro? It's different. I literally, I don't even know why I have midday naps like a toddler. I'm trying to work on that because I know, like, I know everyone always tells me, Hira, like, when you grow up and, like, I mean, I, I don't even know what they mean by grow up. Like, I'm 18, but they're like, Hira, you know, like, when you got to go to college or you got to work, like, these midday naps, they got to go. It's just, I'm so difficult. Like, that nap after Zohar, though, oh, so good. It's so good, that nap after Zohar, bro. That nap hits different, bro. And... People be like, okay, food gives you energy. You eat lunch, bro. I'm knocked out. Ugh, I'm sleeping. But at the same time, I wake up like super early in the morning. I don't know. I just can't do it. One time I was on Instagram and I reshared like a post that someone made about my post on their story at like five in the morning because I, I was praying to Hajjat and then one of my followers swiped up and they go, LOL, awake so early. And I was like, the Hajjat time. They're like, me too. And I was like, ah. <laughs> that is both here for the same reason. Now I'm getting caught reposting at the Hudget time. Humiliating, but whatever. So I'm exhausted. So if I sound super low in energy, that's why. So I think I'm going to end this off here. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, I'll make a part two. And we'll throw some more lessons in that because you know me. Local grandma got some stuff to say. Just kidding. Hope you liked this episode. Please give me feedback. Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Asalaamu Alaikum.